welcome to another episode of Extra Innings, the Phillies podcast by the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm Matt Breen, joined by Bob Brookover, Scott Lauber, here at Citizens Bank Park. And like we said on the last episode, we were going to do an emergency trade deadline podcast. I don't know if it was much of an emergency podcast since the trade deadline was almost eight hours ago at this point, but we and are com- here. And a complete dud. I, can, uh, I don't know about a complete dud. They, they added Corey Dickerson. And they went out and scored a run. It was a 75% dud. So maybe the day was a dud. And uh, Matt Klintak said, we got what we got. And is is we, is we what the Phillies got? Is it enough? It was in my imagination, or did you sense like a little, like there was like a, some disappointment in his voice when he said it. Like, well, we got what we got, you know. And it kind of felt that way, I thought, during the, the day. Like, um you know, it was kind of a dud of a deadline, like, league-wide, other than a few things, Zach Ranky getting traded at the buzzer and whatnot, but, like, we got what we got. You know, we they, they got kind of a a fill-in, uh, you know, or a, 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 I shouldn't call him a fill-in, but sort of a, a, a guy who sort of fills in their, their, their offense a little bit, and, and that was that. I, I, the biggest disappointment, when you look at what the what – the, Astros gave up to get Grinky. They gave up a lot. It was that was yeah. a, and I don't, I'm not even sure the Phillies could match that package. Maybe they could have matched the money, and maybe that would have got a deal done. And if that's the case, then that's disappointing because money's supposed to be no object around here. Um, and the the deal that, and it didn't happen to, on on deadline day. It happened before. Is the Mets getting Marcus Stroman? And when you look at what the Mets gave up to get Marcus Stroman, you, you say. Ah, the Phillies, they, they had what it, they needed to do a deal like that. And and me, I know Marcus Stroman isn't a superstar, but he's a guy who's pitched in the AL East. I'd love to see a guy who pitched and had some success in the ALS come to the National League and see yeah. what he could do. He's an all-star. He, he was an all-star. No, yeah. He was having a good good year, but he's been he's been uneven through his career. Yeah. But he's, he's still young. He might he's not still be a superstar, years old. he's a legitimate and, and, starting pitcher. And you give those guys, it's like giving them a breath of fresh air when they get them out of the American League East. It really is. And no question. Like, I think, Bob, you and I both wrote about it today. Matt, I know you wrote about Stroman a few weeks ago. Um, you know, the more I looked at it, and I watched him pitch a bunch in the AL East, and, you know, I mean, he had more good times than bad. I mean, I know he's been a little inconsistent, but – you look at the ground ball rate, you look at the low home run rate, and you think, well, what's not to like about this guy, especially if you get him away from the Yankees and the Red Sox all the time. And 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 certainly what the Mets gave up to get him, uh, the Phillies had that. You know, I mean, you could sort of, uh, I guess the equivalent would be something like Adonis Medina and Francisco Morales or something like that. And they could have done that. They probably should have done that. And the only reason for me why they wouldn't was if they didn't like the pitcher, and and maybe it came down to that. Maybe they weren't as in love with Stroman as we as we are. But you know, he's better than what they have. Oh, who are they in love with pitching wise? I and mean, it's just it's hard to tell who they're in love with because they just haven't pulled the trigger on those those big pitching moves. Uh, and Drew Smiley. Uh, well, and George, you know, in fairness, George, Drew Smiley has pitched as well as anybody at the trade down. He's given up what one run and that's who they're in love with. Well, and look at that, Bob. <laughs> He re- he actually doesn't fit their profile, but he's, you know, I I love that they I wanted him to go get another lefty at the deadline to and put three th- three lefties in this rotation for the rest of the season. Teams would come in and to play the Phillies and they'd be like, what is this? They, they they don't have any left-handers, and all of a sudden they got, you know, they've got two of them. We'll see how we'll see how Jason Vargas does this weekend, but it just it doesn't. 
on paper, it doesn't look like they have enough to get to where they want to get, as a, which is to the wild card. You know, we'll, we'll see. But it doesn't I, – I don't think anybody went out and is enthralled. The, the, the most amazing thing about the entire – Matt Clentak talked about roster building after the trade deadline. He gave up two players, two minor – and both nondescript guys – one one ninety five hitting catcher and a infielder outfielder who's you know a, has a chance to be maybe a bench player in the big and that's it that he gave up two players aren't isn't that a little too protective of prospects? I don't even know if it's too protective of prospects as much as it's just like they there was a failure to to make a, a move of consequence that you knew all season even before the season started that starting rotation would be a problem. It was a problem. They went out and got Drew Smiley and Jason Vargas, and and it's still a problem. Dan Straley, who's in AAA now, so you have that's that was your answer to go to get three those three guys. The bullpen was a problem, and you went and got two guys that got DFA'd by the Twins, and that's it. There, you know, there's another guy in the Blue Jays that that's the uh, best. That I don't know. It's just you could have done. I think they after all they did this offseason, they owed it. To not only the team and the fans, but themselves, really, to I thought, you know, you, do something. You, you spent it, Neiman Marcus, in the offseason, and then, then you got a ten dollar haircut. Is that five below? Right, yeah, <laughs> five below. You know, in the you know, and the Blue Jays also they gave up, they gave up David Phelps, who, you know, they lost three guys, kind of in like the David Phelps, the, the Tommy Hunter, Pat Neshek, and now losing David Robertson. That, you know, they lost those three guys, veteran right-handers, who they really thought would be a clubhouse presence and, you know, have really helped the bullpen. One of the – David Phelps is that exact type of guy, maybe a better character guy than all of them, you know, just high, high character guy and a good pitcher. And he was available, and the Cubs went and got him at, at, a, at a, again, a low – a relatively low price. I just, you know, I don't understand the not the unwillingness to, to really go get somebody – who would be a difference maker at a time when making the playoffs would be a, would be a terrific accomplishment for a team that hasn't made it since 2011. I think they had to swing the bat, and it really, you know, they went down not even swinging; they went down looking and and added a bunch of guys that in the last regime, like Pat Gillick era, they were the guys that they pieced together along with the big moves. This, right. this was, there was no big move; it was just it was a small. Of, they saw a lot move. of pitches, though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, and you talk too about uh, so okay. If you think that you're not you're not one move away from being a World Series team this year, fine. I mean, let's you know forget for for a minute that you don't have to win your division to get to the World Series. Like the, the wild card teams have done this before, so if you get in, you never know what's going to happen. Put all that aside, they also did not do what a team like the Mets did, which they're a non-contending team, or a team like the Reds. They didn't address what's going to be their biggest need moving forward either, and there were there were guys to address that with. Uh, there were guys that were out there that they could have pitchers that they could have gotten who could have helped. Go, going back to Stroman, uh, Trevor Bauer. I don't know that they could have put together a package like the Reds did, but you know maybe they could have, um, and and that would have helped going forward as well. And they just didn't they didn't do that. I you know and the the notion that the price is going to be any lower. To get a pitcher in the offseason through a trade, I find that hard to believe. It's going to be an interesting offseason because it's going to be all about pitching. <laughs> all about pitching. So so we talked about what they didn't do, but how about what they did do? And the crazy thing is, even though 
they didn't do much. It might be enough still. They entered today before they lost to the Giants today. They had a hold of one of the wild cards. They could end the weekend but with sole possession of the wild card. It's not like the season's not over just because they, they almost punted at the trade deadline. But is can they – like what, what do you, Bob, what do you think they need to do over this final two months to, to get in? Uh, yeah, this is something Clintac has said, and he's right about that. He, the, the, the stars in that clubhouse need to – to perform they need to hit they need to hit better than they've they've hit they need to play better than they've played uh that's that's absolute um you know he, he needs his smiley slash vargas acquisitions and so far smiley has given him two starts uh he needs them to be a little bit of a uh calming effect on a rotation that you know if a guy goes six innings they they shoot off fireworks these days <laughs> uh, you know, and they, they they need them to be those kinds of guys, um, and they need the bullpen to be better. I mean, they're, they're they're they keep saying Pavetta to the bullpen that helps. You know, it's it's hard to get as excited about uh, Mike Morin and and Parker as bullpen additions for Blake, sure. Blake but Parker, Blake Parker, thank you. I was thinking, thinking Graham, Graham Parker. Parker. <laughs> I've got Graham Parker in my head. Graham Parker in the rumor. Great great band. There's P- Peter Parker. So There's Peter Parker. Peter Parker. There's, there's, they tried to get Peter Parker, the Boston University high. hockey coach Jack Parker. I once wore a parka in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, it's just hard to get excited about the, you know, there's there's nothing sexy or exciting. Unlike the offseason when you get a Ramuto and a Harper and McCutcheon, nothing, none of that here. None of that at the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I wonder. You know, you, Matt, you said like you know maybe 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 doing nothing was enough because here they are right in the thick of this wild card race, this wild card race that no one seems to want to win. You know, after Drew Smiley pitched the other night, you know, I I put some numbers up on Twitter about what he's done since he's come over here, and like I, I got like reaction from angry Brewers fans who were like, "Well, we could have used this guy." And I was like, "Wow, you know, like if in Milwaukee they're talking about how like they don't even have Drew Smiley." Like, you know, there are there are there are places like Milwaukee, like St. Louis. They didn't do a whole lot today where I'm sure they're saying the same thing. Like, what are you doing? We're in this thing. We have a chance to win the wild card. And we pretty much stood pat today. And and so the Phillies aren't alone in the group of teams that just didn't want to go and do anything. Uh, And and I guess they're all going to hang around and beat each other up and jockey for that last wild card spot. And who knows? So, you know, it's not like. I guess that's the silver lining in all this is that they're not like looking around going, oh, man, look how much so-and-so improved. Because you know, I guess you could say Atlanta got better, but they were way ahead anyway. And, and Washington, you know, but whatever. Like some of those other teams that they're sort of fighting with were this, just as inactive today. This is, this is off track a little bit. You know, you, you ask what can they do. I, you know, I just keep looking to that last road trip of the season when they have to go to Atlanta Cleveland, Atlanta for three, Cleveland for three, Washington for five. And if they're in this tight race, and that's what, what 11 games all on the road like before, you, before, you, before you get the Marlins at home, which, you know, that's two out of three losses there. Uh, uh, <laughs> but that's a, 11 really tough games. If you're in the middle of a tight wild card race that, you know, you wonder how they, they can get through that and, and, and get over the hump to be the wild card. A lot of time left until the end of September. 
Yes, but I'm thinking about it. You're a you're a long term thinker. I'm a I've always been a long term thinker. So they they added not much to the bullpen, but they did add Zach F1 and Nick Pavetta to the bullpen, and it, it's been a mixed bag for both. Zach F1's first start first appearance tonight was not that well. Nick Pavetta's looked good, look hasn't looked good. Scott, can either of these guys stick in their roles, and what kind of role do they even play? In the, in the bullpen, I have. I mean, it's hard to have faith in either of them, given what we've seen from them lately in either role, starting or or relieving. I guess, based on just stuff alone, right? You'd have to, if you're going to bet on one of them, you'd have to bet on Pavetta, I guess, given that throws a little harder, and you know maybe the stuff play would could play a little bit better in a short burst out of the bullpen, but you know. <laughs> I mean, as good as he looked, I guess, over the weekend, and Matt Klintak practically gushed about it on that conference call on Monday. You know, he gives up. God damn. Yeah, gives up two bombs on on Tuesday, on Tuesday, and uh, and here we are. So, like, what is he? Like, is he a guy you're going to trust in the eighth inning or not? And you know, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I have a hard time betting on either of them, but I, I guess, you know, I guess, I guess I'd go Pavetta there as having. Potentially more of an impact in the bullpen. Could be a breakout guy in the bullpen. <laughs> oh, never mind. Got to break out eventually. Yeah, somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. That could be it. He, I mean, he has to his defense. He's looked really good. And when when he's looked good in the bullpen, he's looked really good. He's got terrific stuff. He sh- yeah. at some point he really should break out and be a good major league pitcher. I'm curious to see what role F1 has. If it's a piggyback role with Arietta or Velasquez, but I thought tonight would have been the way to use him in that role to, to use him in the piggyback with Velasquez and Gabe Kapler said afterwards if that's not the way they want to use him well he, first said, out of the bullpen, he basically said that when he gets feet wet well but he also said that, that this lineup the Giants have a lefty heavy lineup and he wanted to use Morgan and for sure but his. I think just use I would just use him just use the right you're gonna have to use him tomorrow they're not gonna use him tomorrow either so right. you didn't get to use him I thought right. they did just use him it's not like you're throwing him into the ninth inning for a save situation He's going to pitch the fifth inning, as if he's or the sixth inning, as if he's starting. I just I, I would have liked to seen that this week, and I thought we were going to get to see that some kind of little. Yeah, I you know I don't know it. It kind of reeks of being a little bit um, you know overthinking a little bit in terms of like well if if our if our starters are righty and then we just we load up with lefties coming out of the bullpen when we get get the starter out we'll force them to change their lineup like really I mean I, I know it worked. With Smiley being the lefty, and then they brought in. Well, it didn't because Pavetta gave up the two home runs. But that was the idea was to sort of make them change their lineup. I don't know. It just it's got. I, I it think it over some opening opener. Oh, right. It, opener there's just some overthinking. We've at had the, that already. There's overthinking at the expense of like letting guys kind of know when they're going to pitch. And quite honestly, like, do you think Zach Eflin has any clue when he's going to pitch in this new role? Like, I don't really think he knows right now what he's supposed to do out there. How about the move that the Phillies did make today? Corey Dickerson. We, we talked all this time about what they didn't do, what they then what they kind of did, but they actually did make a trade. They added Corey Dickerson, who, of course, he's a Phillies left fielder, so of course he's hurt. <laughs> he has a groin injury. He's going to be easing the action. I don't know how serious the groin injury is going to be by the time he gets here because he did play for the Pirates the last two games before he got traded. But... He's left-handed, and he primarily plays left field. 
Jay Bruce, left-handed, primarily plays left field. Adam Hazley, left-handed, primarily plays left field. How does this work? How do you fit in Corey Dickerson in that mix once Jay Bruce is back, if he's back in that first week of August, which is next week? Well, I mean, Corey Dickerson was mostly a bench player this year for the Pirates. I, what did he start, like 30 games, I think? He's been hurt, too. He's been hurt. He started, like, 30 games. I, you know, it doesn't hurt to have an, an, another bench player, and it's a guy who's hit. He's been a he's been a good player over the course of his career. Um, it, it it can't hurt. Yes, there's some things they got to figure out there. They don't they don't have a center fielder. It's just you know their best defensive center fielder is Roman Quinn, but he's hitting well below my weight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, uh, <laughs> He's, 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 that means he's hitting below 150. Uh, yes, that's right. Because I'm sure I've been exercising. You got that heavy body problem <laughs> that Eflin uh, has. Uh, we know all about that. Uh, but no, he's you know. So they've still got a center field problem, um, and they've got roster composition problems for sure. Um, but you know what? He he's a decent player. I, I don't know who the they are, are going to give up another player, and he's his last name is Later right now. Uh, maybe but well maybe yes they gave up there, there's a chance they give up a player to be named later but they didn't give up much for him so you know he's he's an addition to the roster that's a decent major league player here's what i'd like to see them do i'd like to see them let adam hazley play every day at least for now in center field you have dickerson and bruce play left now ideally one of them would be a right-handed hitter and you could have a kind of a classic left field platoon right but I don't know how you decide which left-handed hitting left fielder plays on which day, but kind of feels like that's like unless Hazley's just you know you just can't play him because he's not producing. That's what I think they should do, and then that moves Kingery to third. And stop me if you've heard this before, but it puts Michael Franco on the bench, and uh, and you wonder what kind of role he has coming off the bench. And then maybe your lineup's a little too left-handed because now you've got an all left-handed hitting outfield. So you know Corey Dickerson's been a productive hitter you know, in various places that he's been, but, you know, and, and maybe he's a nice piece to have here, especially if Jay Bruce was going to be out a while, but it feels a little redundant with Jay Bruce too. So that's the, that's the question. When is Jay Bruce coming back? We don't really know the answer to that. I mean, he's got an oblique and those things can linger. So I, it makes me wonder, do they think it could take longer than, uh, you know, yeah. uh, we, we've never really gotten a timeline. I guess six weeks is a typical. Yeah. I mean, for, I think they were talking today, like, you keep say today, like maybe by the end of next week or something like that, but for but rehab. then it could be longer. No, to so come back, to come, come back, back. The first week of be... August, which is that could be first ten days of August. Right. So, right. I mean, it, it it is going to be interesting to see how all the puzzle pieces fit together. And then the last thing, David Robertson found out today that he is not going to pitch this season. Might not pitch next season if he has Tommy John surgery, which is a possibility. I would that automatically right cancels him out for 2020 the Phillies spent a lot of money the last two winners on Tommy Hunter Pat Neshack and David Robertson they tried to build up their bullpen with veteran arms do you think this is enough examples that that's not the way to build a bullpen that you have to almost grow your own bullpen instead of just going out and buying veterans or is it just three bad three bad cases well I remember covering the Red Sox at a time when they went through a stretch like that like they they traded for Andrew Bailey. Uh, they signed Mark Melanson. Um, there was Joel Hanrahan was another one who was had a good track record everywhere else. They all came to the Red Sox, and they all got hurt. 
And I think it kind of spooked the Red Sox for a while into thinking like, well, we're not going to do this. Like, we're not going to we're not going to go sign relievers to multi-year deals. We're not going to go sign relievers over a certain age. And as as usual, like they did that for a few few years and then it kind of ran its course. And then they went out and they traded for Craig Kimbrell and off you go. So I don't know. Maybe it does spook the Phillies for a little while into not doing this. Um, they'll they'll sit back and tell you that they didn't invest a whole lot in terms of years. You know, they kept all of those guys to two years, no more. Um, so that's probably nothing that they'll stray from. They won't go longer than than two years. But I don't know. I mean, how do you look at a guy like Robertson in particular, and, and even Hunter to a certain extent, and look at their track records? I mean, Robertson's never had an arm injury, and and he's pitched in the big leagues ten years, and then he comes to you and and he gets hurt. It's like that's just rotten luck. So. I don't know that their thought process was flawed. I don't know that it sh- that they should stray too much from it, but you just got to realize that you know stuff happens when you sign these guys, and and uh, you know maybe the fact that a guy's been durable his whole career, maybe the law of averages says he's going to break at some point. And you you can look at this simply by okay, the Yankees let Roberts go. Maybe they knew something. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. But they they went and signed veterans out of Vino and uh, Zach Britton, and it's worked out great for them. You know, to me, you got, you got to keep going to the plate and saying, hey, you know what, this, this didn't work. The next guy is going to work. It, it, because you need those. The, the best teams have those kinds of guys, you know, and, and you can't shy away from it if you want to be one of the best teams. If you get food poisoning once at a restaurant, you might not eat at that restaurant again. But I'm going to eat again. I'm going to eat again. There's no doubt about it. I'm going to eat again. That's just it's my mantra. mantra. That's just some life advice for everybody. That's right. Eat again. Eat again. Got to keep just at a different restaurant. Not necessarily. With a different chef. Depends how good the burgers are. Whatever. That's it. All right. Thank you for listening to Extra Innings, the podcast of the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm Matt Breen for Bob Brookover for Scott Lauber from Citizens Bank Park. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Peace out.